Hate happens quickly, but the work of love is long and slow. Some of you may remember that quote from a few Sundays back, Wendell Berry. And I wanted to bring it up again, because nowhere is the truth of that bit of wisdom more evident than in this section of Matthew's Gospel, where Jesus instructs the young church on what it means to be a community of authentic love. I suspect if email had been around in the first century, Jesus would have said, if someone sins against you, first, step away from the email. (laughs) Forego Facebook and don't even think about Twitter. Go to the one who has sinned against you and in private, talk with him or her. And if he or she listens to you, you have regained that one. Speaking and listening. This is the first and most basic task of community. Especially the community that forms itself around Christ. To speak the heart of the matter. Not superficial chit-chat, not avoidance of the hard conversation, but to speak what is real and to listen. Not formulating your next response, not trying to score debate points, not trying to win an argument, but seeking to understand a person. This is the long slow work of love. Often when I'm doing pre-marriage counseling or working with a married couple uh, that have come in seeking some support, I will recommend a listening exercise. Some of the most foundational issues that arise in the communities we call marriage and family come from communication problems. Problems in speaking and listening. As Stephen Covey says, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. So I suggest sometimes to couples a listening exercise. The next time they're having a conflict, when one speaks... The other can reply, before the other can reply, he or she must first rephrase what the partner has said to his or her partner's satisfaction. And only then may they speak. I suggested this to a couple once, and the next time they came in, I asked how it went. They both acknowledged it had not gone well. And I asked what went wrong, and the husband responded, Well, you said I had to repeat what she says to her satisfaction. It's not exactly what I said, but we'll get back to that in a moment. <laughs> you said I had to repeat to what she said to her satisfaction. There's only one problem, Pastor. She's never satisfied. <laughs> and she responded, That's not true. 
And he said, well, there was this one time I know I quoted back verbatim what you said, and still you were not satisfied. And she replied, well, if I wanted to hear exactly what I said parroted back to me, I'd talk to a tape recorder. And she paused and said, I don't want to know that you heard me. I want to know that you understood me. And she was on to something there. And I think it was what Jesus was on to when he counseled those in that first Christian community of faith that if someone does you wrong, if there's some sort of conflict, sin, go to that one privately and speak the truth. Get out from behind the screen. Step away from social media and go into that most fraught and holy place, that most fraught and holy of spaces, the space between two people, face to face, speaking and listening. But it's not enough to just be face to face. There must also be the willingness to be vulnerable, to listen, to lay aside the need to be right or to win an argument and to simply listen in love in order to understand. Now this is where often people will say, but what if the person is wrong? Am I not right to point out that they are wrong? And I think Jesus might say it is possible to understand someone and communicate that understanding while not necessarily agreeing. Notice that Jesus does not say, if that one agrees with you, or if that one succumbs to your argument, but only if that one listens to you. Listens. There's nothing more destructive of Christian community than when brothers and sisters in Christ choose the fast work of gossip, the quick work of talking about another person behind his or her back to someone else, the speedy work of a hasty email, a destructive tweet or a distant text message instead of the long, slow work of love. Now some have read Jesus here as laying out a simple plan for excommunication. And they have taken this as uh, four easy steps to remove someone from the body who's causing a lot of trouble. But if you read closely here, you see that all the energy is directed not toward removal, but toward reconciliation. Everything about this text points to God's desire that the community remain whole and not divided. When we are together, whether two or three or three hundred, Jesus is present. Jesus is witness to what transpires between us. Jesus is invested in how we live with each other. 
David Lose writes, when Christians come together to discuss, listen for, and discern God's will, nothing is out of our reach. Nothing at all. And the assurance of Jesus' presence is both a reminder that what we say and do together is always said and done in the presence of our Lord. And a promise that the hard work to which we set ourselves is not done alone, but always with Jesus' presence and grace. Today we will commission in worship a host of people who are responding to God's grace through teaching and leading others on their own journey of faith. Each week, these persons will set a table for, for the youngest of our children to the oldest of our adults so that they can experience and practice what it means to live in community, to discuss, listen for, and discern God's will. Each week, in a variety of settings, they are helping us all to connect to one another with depth and authenticity and to listen to one another as an act of love. These kinds of connections at these learning tables are one of the great strengths of this community of faith. And I give thanks to each one who answers that call today. Today, as we approach this table, we are reminded that the work to which God calls us is not work we do alone. Christ is present to us in this meal, and through this communion, we recognize our community. And we go out into the world as a sign, as real as bread broken and wine poured, of what God intends. And what does God intend? But the long, slow work of love that can overcome any hate. May it be so in the church and in the world. Amen. Amen.